independence, her indomitable spirit, and her charitable works, she has set an example for all women of goodwill. I will greatly miss my long-time companion and friend. In addition to her public philanthropies, Mrs. Carr was also noted for her tremendous skill with both rifle and shotgun, abilities she claimed to have acquired from her father. From 1915 through 1935, she participated in the ladies' division of the American Winchester Competition. Winning first place 17 times, she never ranked lower than third. She would get very upset when we would call her Little Sure Shot, Mrs. Harland remembered. She always said that title belonged only to Annie Oakley. Little is known of Mrs. Carr's early life. She claimed to have been born in Philadelphia in 1880, the daughter of prominent socialite G. David Jameson. After Mr. Jameson's untimely death in 1898, Mrs. Carr was sent to live with relatives in Colorado. "'Mother never talked about that time,' said her son, W. Harold G. Sperling Carr, president and chairman of United States Trust Company. "'We always believed it was too painful for her to mention. I think interrogating her about it all would have been, at the least, impolite.' and while she was rather secretive about her writings, Mother was quite the autobiographer, and now that she's gone, my sister will be reading some of her diaries while I pour over a pile of scrapbooks, so perhaps a bit of light will be shed on that subject. At time of publication, funeral arrangements for Mrs. Carr are incomplete. Chapter 1 among all the other things her father liked to call her, he could now add thief. He had always had pet names for her. He would refer to her as Lamb and Angel and Picky, which he explained was short for Pick of the Litter. When he was the worse for drink, he had other names for her. If the spirits had made him happy, he called her Pharaoh after his favorite game of cards, lucky if he was winning. If the whiskey had turned him maudlin, the tears running down his cheeks, he would sometimes confuse the girl with her mother. Anna, he would cry. Anna, you've come back. Though the fantasized return would bring no comfort to him. When demon alcohol turned him angry, he would accuse her of being disloyal or spoiled. He would even say she was never wanted. And always, in the sober light of morning, he would beg her forgiveness. Always she would grant it. Over the years, she had learned to dismiss both the drink and the words. He was her father, and she preferred to think of him only at his best. The father who had taught her what he knew. The father who, she became convinced, had loved her as best he could. He had bought Bellerophon in Virginia only the year before from a genteel man named Mr. R. C. Campbell. A month prior to the purchase... The breeder had stood helplessly by as the stallion bit and kicked two of his stablemates to death. Campbell had sold the horse to father at a bargain price, stating that he was doing the Lord's work by lowering the tariff on a devil. Less than five minutes after the deal was struck, father was astride the giant animal, digging his spurs into the fat sides and galloping across the green meadow, his crop driving the demon toward ever higher speeds. Whooping and hollering, he had disappeared from sight for over an hour, and when he finally returned, the horse was covered in foam and he himself drenched in sweat. 
as the big man dismounted, the stallion reared and attempted to trample him. Father reached up and grabbed the bridle of the beast, pulling hard and laughing. With the help of half a dozen grooms, he managed to return the stallion to his paddock, complimenting the astonished Campbell on the quality of his stock. This devil will do fine for me, he told the breeder. Either he will kill me, or I will kill him. In either situation, the world will be minus one more ne'er-do-well. Now, as Lorinda rode Bellerophon through the fields she knew so well, the stallion felt ready to rebel beneath her, and so she rode him close, her mouth nearly kissing the black of his mane. It had been the work of months to get this far. She had waited until dusk every day, when she knew her father would be in the library of the main house, seated beneath his hunting trophies and too drunk to hear or interfere. As they raced across the lawns of the estate, she murmured as if to calm the horse, trying to allay both her own fears and...